Blog Talk Radio. each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses at the hospitals who fight against COVID, 
especially the people that clean up after them and the wonderful people at the supermarket that kept us in their food, in food stocks. Um, tonight's program uh, starts with a, a, a very sad situation where this morning, the 27 years, 27-year veteran of the Philadelphia Fire Department, uh, Mike Tomlin, responded to an alarm uh, of a collapsed house uh, when he and three of his men went in uh, with a housing, sorry, housing inspector, another wall fell in on him. Uh, three of the guys survived. Mike didn't. Uh, to his family, uh, we send out our very best uh, thoughts, our, very, our deepest prayers, and we appreciate everything he did over the last 27 years. Good man, good friend, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, he'll be putting out fires uh, when we get there, because uh, I know where I'm going. Uh, Z, welcome to you. Uh, we uh, we also uh, we also uh, tonight is uh, is another uh, uh, situation where uh, we're celebrating the 11th anniversary of uh, the loss of the founder of this program, uh, Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll. Bob uh, was uh, 50, uh, 50 years old. Uh, I'm sorry, he was 44 years old uh, when he passed away. Um, he, he, and, uh, he and I started this with uh, uh, Aaron Jaco and his boxer and his brother Adam Jaco. And uh, we went in to sign a contract <clears throat> with the trade, the, the uh, station. The station manager says, okay, now we're going to call this Boxing Buddies. The four of us looked at each other and said, what, what kind of a fancy thing is that? So they wouldn't do that. And uh, after a few words back and forth with the guy, I said, wait a minute, we got the answer right there. It's what they said. It was fighting words. And that's how we get to, get to be fighting words. Uh, the, uh, Bob was, uh, was a terrific athlete and as a young man. Uh, he was a, a tremendous son, father, and uh, deputy. Uh, he uh, was the uh, director of uh, uh, classification, uh, as they call it now, uh, with the sheriff, the Sarasota County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I've been with them for 15 years, and uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, he lost his life uh, uh, 11 years ago today. Uh, we're going to be joined in a few minutes by uh, the Mad Dog. Uh, the, I really, really is a Mad Dog. He's the Arkansas um, heavyweight champion. Um, Benny Henderson. Um, Benny, and, Benny was also uh, one of our. Yeah. <laughs> Benny was also uh, a writer with uh, uh, Doghouse Boxing uh, and a few others. As uh, uh, a member of the Boxing uh, Writers Hall of Fame, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get to him as soon as he uh, as soon as he calls in. But uh, the. Uh, um, I know you guys had a pretty hot week up there. How's it how's it going? It's going pretty good. Going Ooh. pretty busy for me, but it's going pretty good. Good to hear from you guys. Yeah. Hey, AZ, you knew Bobby all the way back to uh, very formative years. You want to you want to say anything? Yeah, Bob was always a funny guy. As far as I know, he was always a funny guy. Um, always had a, a light personality. You know, as far as I know. 
Um, he was about his business, but uh, he, he's, you know, he's a light-hearted guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why he wanted everybody to remember him as, as somebody that uh, enjoyed life and uh, it was uh, was uh, very tough to uh, close out that cat that that, uh, that chapter. But it never old heart never leaves. And just like uh, my thoughts for my best friend uh, Mel, Coach Mel, uh, I think about him every day. I always get some kind of a, a chuckle. Uh, we'd be standing there. Either just before we went into to repping together, we were coaching together, and uh, every time something would happen, he'd step that left foot, and he he get you know, you could see the veins in his neck neck pop out, but never once did I ever hear him say a crossword to any of the boys we coached. He did did have words with the referees, never never used foul language. It was always to the point, and at the, when he did something. Uh, he made sure that they knew that the rule was not the rule that they thought it was, and then he would pull out his his uh, book because we were both studying for the the test, and he would show them where they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he made uh, he made uh, coaching basketball uh, fun. Well, uh, hey uh, Tony, I got a question for you. Aaron yeah, Crawford, Earl Spence. What's your thoughts? I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Errol Spence all the way. Whoa, okay. I'm putting you down over that one. Now, uh-huh. I, I could be wrong, for, but I do need to add this. I saw somewhere or heard somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. It's just a few weeks back that someone, you know, Bud and Errol training together or sparring together in the past, and I can't remember which one of them was getting the best of the spar, but I swear I thought they said Errol Spence was usually taking him in the sparring, and they they suspected that Crawford was going to have a tough time this time. And you know, with a real fight. Yeah, that was in fight. I think that was the way it was going. Okay, I remember hearing it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. See, what do you think? And. Uh, um, personally, uh, if they fight, if everything is signed, uh, I think both guys are going to come ready. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a few determining factors in this. Spence, mm-hmm. I, I saw him against Ugas, and I, I, I saw him just after the accident against Ugas and Garcia. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he looked good. He looked good, especially against Ugas. I, I thought it would actually be a more competitive fight than Spence he put on a display. With that said, he fought two guys who are similar guys, to be honest. Ugas and Garcia are guys who aren't going to move their feet like that. They're going to have their feet planted. They're guys who have pretty good timing. Um, Danny Garcia, more or less, he on timing with kill shots to an extent. But these guys aren't really fast and hand speed. They're not fast, really quick with guys. They're tough, durable guys. So gonna, you have to watch for the counters with them. You just have to kind of be careful, but you can outwork both of them. And Spence has a high work rate, a very high work rate. Um, it, it, that, that can be dangerous against Crawford. <laughs> that a high work rate leaves openings. 
Uh, and in the case of those two guys fighting, the one thing I'm going to say is this. Is Spence survive the switch? And the switch is going to get hit. He's, and he's, he's probably going to come and see. Uh, Crawford, he, he, he's going to probably take some beating up. Uh, if Crawford, mm-hmm. you know, if Spence survives that switch, that switch then mm-hmm. it's going to go downhill for Crawford. I don't think Crawford mm-hmm. is the biggest welterweight. I don't think he's the – I don't know. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. But mm-hmm. the one thing Crawford is, I mean, he, he uses his – I think he uses his brains more than any welterweight at this point. And he has to. He's not he, – you know, physically, he's, he's lacking against these guys. Spence is a big welterweight. Spence is a big welterweight. Mm-hmm. One thing Crawford has going for him is his reach. I don't know about that okay. against Spence, but Crawford has a, an exceptionally long reach for his size. Um, with mm-hmm. footwork, uh, it, it, they, they're both going to uh, more or less present southpaw at the beginning. Crawford's able to switch. When they switch, mm-hmm. and I watched Crawford fight um, Kel Brook. And when Crawford, he fought, he fought orthodox. He started off orthodox. And Cal, did he start off with that? Yes, because when he pressed southpaw, he hit uh, he hit uh, Brook with the right hand with the straight right hand jab that knocked him down, mm-hmm. which was obviously was a straight right just coming from the lead position. Um, Crawford is he's able to adapt more than Spence. Uh, I, I, what, I, what I, I just, as I say, Spence, is he really? It's going to come down to can he survive that switch? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, hey, Bob. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't, fo- I don't know boxing like Z does, and I don't follow it like Tony. But I, I tell you what, by what they said, it sounds very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was just because I have all the dumb jokes. I was just going to ask you what you said about. No? Am I, am I swinging out here? It's Father's Day weekend. These are my dad jokes. You have to live with it, you call. We <laughs> <laughs> need all of that. What do you think of, what'd you think of Jeremiah uh, Wells? And, uh, you know, this is what... what Left hook uh, and knocked out uh, uh, McGee. Did you happen to see that? Th- that's tonight, right? These guys. Yeah. Um, this yeah. whole card has been full of knockouts. Like uh, the two female fights went to decision, uh, and and uh, but all the guy fights are almost like round one knockouts, and it has been mm-hmm. amazing. So um, uh, Dallas over uh, uh, Dukakis. Phil Hawes got the, the win over Darren Wynn uh, with that quick quick knockout. Um, that was in round two. Eddie Wineland came out, or I'm sorry, Cody Stanman uh, got that. I think he was the one with that 59-second knockout, just came out blasting. Yeah. So, and then another female fight, and then it goes on to uh, Ricardo Ramos got this spinning uh, rear elbow strike to Danny Chavez in the first round, uh, minute 12 in the first round. Uh, the next fight was Court McGee, Jamiah Wells 
Got the KO on him in a minute 34. These guys tonight are going out of the first round. Just watch another battle because uh, uh, Donald Cerrone and Joe Luzon got canceled. Um, but this Adrian Yanez just came out and put the beat down on, on Tony Kelly. And then another one, Gregory Rodriguez just, and, and Julian Maquas, his, his fighter, that was a battle. These guys were going that, – that guy was knocked out like – Two minutes ago, and and but they kept fighting. I mean, there's been a lot of knockouts tonight. One guy got knocked down and was sitting there, and the guy had time to get around behind him and punch him from behind before the ref got in. And so, like, there should have been a lot quicker ref stoppages tonight. Um, you know, as a fighter, I don't want people to get hurt, but also as a fighter, there's times where you might get rocked, but you're still in that game. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a fine line. It's like it's like the line between comedy and tragedy. It's very thin. I love to walk it. Um, it it's funny most of the time, or it hurts. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a very fine line on when to get involved in these fights. Player that's been around for a long time, but hasn't really been in the uh, in the ring, uh, and that's uh, Adrian Broner uh, and uh, Omar Ferguson. Uh, what do you think about that on uh, Zeke? Um, yeah, I haven't heard about Adrian Broner in a while. I'm pretty sure Omar Ferguson is somebody that should be beatable for for Broner. Uh, just because he, this should be somewhat his coming back out party. So, I mean, it, it, and it also depends how he looks. Broner's going to be Broner. He is, we know his style. We know how he fights. And, I mean, he, he's he's a tough guy. And you can tell that he, he's not undedicated to boxing at all. I just think that he, you know, he, he just reached a certain point to where he's just as good as he is. He's not any better. He's, I mean, the hype yeah. is the hype, but he's not any better than what he is. And that's he's not elite. He, he you know, he's not a bum by any stretch, but he, he's, you know, he, he, he's a minus level going downward, maybe a B plus right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you just describe Colby Covington? <laughs> 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 almost, I mean, almost. A, a very much a badass, but he ain't getting any better. He's just got his one thing, his cardio and shit. You know what I mean? So I love yeah. having you break shit down because it makes so much sense having being a, a man in the ring himself and, and a guy that, that trains people as well. Z really knows his stuff. I, when I get out there, man, he's going to hug it up. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey guys, we're joined by uh, the Arkansas uh, heavyweight champion of the world, uh, a, one of the best guests we've had for for years. Uh, he was uh, actually he came on as a as a as a add-on back in uh, around 19, uh, 2004, and by the end of uh, 2004, uh, the add-on became the add-on to our family. He's a extended member of our family. He's a great guy. Um, I can't leave him on the phone too long because of the distance between the payphone and his beer and the outhouse. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, it's a triangle. So 
uh, with, with that, with that, as I used to to uh, introducing, uh, he's faster than a speeding bullet. He's more powerful than a locomotive. Able to sleep tall women with a single bound, Mr. Benny. Yeah. Hey. What's up, my brothers? How y'all guys? How you doing? Big dog. I am. I am just chilling like a villain. I'm out here in East Texas sweating. Okay, first off, if anybody's listening, if there's any kids listening, just chill for about five minutes because this, this is not PG. This, this is not PG 13th. I've been drinking and I'm happy. So, about another nine minutes. Okay, so we're making love, right? Actually, I'm just lying. She's asleep. Anyway, she said she's nasty. So, um, I want to. <laughs> Hey, man. Remind me of like my me and my wife. The best compliment I get anymore after 20 years of marriage is you're making it hard for me to sleep. I ride my wife like uh, Joe Biden rides a bike, not very damn well. Oh. But bing, 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 whatever. Listen, and I want to I want to say this. Uh, you know, J- June is uh, Gay Pride Month. You know, LGBT dot Q seven nine nine nine. I'm listen. I got nothing. I got nothing wrong with gay with, with gays, man. I really I got people in my family who are gay, and and I enjoy it for the fact of it's more bitches for me. But um, other than that, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Listen, all these people getting pissed off about Gay Pride Month, y'all really need to settle down, seriously. Because if you listen to me, if you don't want homosexuals making love, let them get married. Trust me, sex means to get married. So just shut down. We're awkward. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Okay, but uh, but all BS aside, man, it, this is awful. Men's mental awareness, you know, mental health awareness month, and it really is. And um, people need to understand that men and, and women too, but you know, men, we take on a big role as a father, you know, as a dad, as a husband, as the the, the provider. And I don't want to hear no BS like, you know, I'm a woman here in the world. You know, when you're asking the kitchen, let me a sandwich. Women are very, I mean, you know, listen, we're both, you know, women are great too, trust me, I love my wife. What I'm trying to get to, man, there's a lot of men out there who who, who battle them, themselves every day, worried about, you know, the bills, worried about their job, worried about, you know, inflation, thank you, you know, Democrats. Man, when a man says he's okay, you don't know what's going on inside. So let's treat each other right. Let's treat each other good. If you see a brother struggling, doesn't matter what color of his skin, doesn't matter honestly doesn't matter his sexual preference, doesn't matter, you know, if he's rich or poor, you know, or if he's from your church or he doesn't believe it all. Man, give a clean hand, man. You know? It a smile does not cost nothing. You know, hey, how how are you? Doesn't cost nothing. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's you know, we're celebrating Pride Month is really hard. Free. Hey, thank you. So let's do the same thing with our brothers and sisters out there. You know, human beings. Let's Absolutely. let's do that. Let's take care of our brothers out there. And I, but I'm going to say this to all these men out here. Some of you dumbasses. 
And I want to say this because y'all gonna go out there and, all, and, and spend all this damn money on Madonna Matrix just to make you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> get married and fold the get married and fold the damn clothes wrong. See what happens, dude. Try that. <laughs> But I will say this. Yeah, I'm trying to. In honor of Bob, I'm trying to. I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm not a cigarette. A, a cigar. Years ago, we were in California, and he he smoked a few cigars together. And then we both got drunk. We got drunk, smoked cigars. Then he really got drunk and threw cheese and chili all over the hotel room. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't there when that happened, so I don't know what happened, but he sounded like he had a damn good time. <laughs> I ain't going to keep y'all long. I'm just trying to make a joke here and there, but I am thankful for this man, Butch, and the Carroll family. Years and years and years ago, I got an a email from Bob when he and his dad was doing, remember what, what was his name, like fighting words with Jake, the Jekyll brothers, something like that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, man, we want to eat you. <laughs> what? Hey, go ahead, he said something in the beginning. It was like brawling buddies or something real, real pride monthly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they wanted no, but, to, uh, first they wanted us, they wanted us to call uh, uh, boxing buddies. Yeah. Yeah. But it was actually um, what other Jekyll brother? So, anyways, Bob, Bob, you know, Bobby, Bob got a hold of me. He let me said, "Hey, man, I want to talk to your fighter." At that time, I was doing PR for a few fighters. Went on being Brian Minto, and uh, I dropped the ball. I was a terrible publicist, and they still paid me though. But um, <laughs> anyways, they they landed the interview on themselves, and then Bob was like, "Hey, man, come in and let's talk about the Oscar Hoya fight when he fought a." Uh, uh, Lord have mercy, Floyd Mayweather. And then after that, he brought me in as I had what was uh, Big Dog's uh, Big Dog's Doghouse or something like that. And uh, it just carried on, man. And we became we started doing Big Dog Radio, and of course he had all hell hair, and the dude was like a sponge. He knew so much. And then we did a back in oh. I can't remember, but it's 06, 07. We did a uh, 08. Oh, we did a uh, charity event, and uh, he, uh, I was the host. He was a co-host. It's a kind of us on that, but um, he, he he introduced me. He introduced me, you know, hey, and um, he did such a great job, and we, we were friends up until, you know, the day he left. And I'm so thankful and grateful for just having him as a friend and, and um, introducing me to radio. Although I was already interviewing people, I was just you know a writer and a fight, you know a wannabe fighter. But he introduced me to radio and uh, interviewing and all that stuff, you know podcast. What do we call it now? You know, and uh, you know he was such an inspiration in my life, man, he, and um, still is. You know, I miss him every damn day. And uh, but I just want to pay tribute to Bob because he's the reason why I did radio. He's the reason why I did a lot more than what I would have done. And uh, sorry, my side be here, you know, a wagon go by here in Texas. But uh, 
I'm just thankful to Bob and thankful for the time we had together, and I'm thankful for Butch, for Butch and, and Miss Sharon and Casey and, you know, the boys and Frank, you know, all all the carols. There's so many so many of them, god dang. I mean, the guy, <laughs> really, y'all should be Hispanic, man, like crossing the border. Y'all have so many damn family, so much family. No, You're not I'm just making to get wet after midnight. <laughs> like Greenland. But, no, I love the Carroll family. I remember Butch, and I was just get off here, but I remember Butch called me to, called me on that Saturday. And, um, Butch, I remember your words. You said, don't forget us. And uh, y'all never forgot me. You know, you know, all these years, y'all never forgot me. And I thank y'all for being my family. And uh, y'all have always supported me. Butch, Butch calls me on a, a weekly basis or a biweekly basis if I don't call. He will call or text or check in on me. And y'all, they're just such great people. And I want to thank you guys, too, for keeping this network going because y'all are part of this family as well. And in, in honor of Bob, man, thank y'all so much for all what y'all have done. You know, it's Butch and it's all of you guys, you know, past thank and present to this who's kept it going. So, Hey, Benny. Yes, sir. Um, somebody else that didn't forget you, Greg Luganis is on the other line here and wants to talk to you about Gay Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so let me see if I can patch you in real quick. <laughs> no, I'm just Appreciate you coming along, like though. I'm open for it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hell of a conversation tonight on here. <laughs> Listen, guys, I got to tell you something before I get off here. I'm bisexual, okay? You buy me something, I get very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. damn, I thought I heard it all. <laughs> I, love, I love all you guys. Remember, this is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month as well as Gay Pride and I support everybody. I support everybody. Don't care who you are, where you're from, color of skin. Really, I really do. I, I love everybody, you know, except for the Democrats. And you know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I will say this: smaller hairs can't ride a bike, but now what she can ride. Woo, bam! I got that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! I'm not political, but we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some hate mail now. Oh, no, listen, listen, listen! I was a pu- I was a publicist. Hate is just uh-huh. as good as listen. Publicity, yeah, publicity. Yeah, you had one. You had one years ago. Listen, seriously, think about it. You had one years ago. You didn't know how to smoke weed. Remember? I don't know how to smoke. He didn't know how to inhale. And then he put his cigarettes. He put his cigars in the wrong place. I mean, show how smart they are. I'm just saying, look at, look at it, look at it, look at the line, the lineage, look at the lineage. You know, anyway, I love you guys. <laughs> I appreciate all y'all. I'm sweating. I haven't sweat in a long time. I got to get out of here. But y'all can't do what you do, man, brother. Right. No, I don't drink much. It's been always a pleasure. Yeah. We love you guys. And listen, keep you in man. In memory of Bob, y'all drink a beer tonight. Got it. If not, I'll drink, I'll drink some for y'all. Peace. Hey, thank you, Butch. Hey, thanks. Hey, guys, we're doing by Kai. Kai, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? And I use that hey, term How are you, gentlemen? Happy doing? Father's Day. Oh, happy, happy Father's, Father's Day, Day you my, guys. Fellow, my fellow fatherings. Mm-hmm. Hey, Frank. <laughs> yes, sir. Just want just wanted to add one thing too about Bobby. I I met Bobby back at the sheriff's office. Very quiet individual. Didn't really talk to a whole lot of people, but the ones he did talk to, he'd take his shirt off his back for you. Enjoyed every minute I got to spend with him. Most of the like when I went to CIB, uh, see him on the elevator a lot. See him on the elevator and a lot. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. I'm just yeah, sorry I never got to meet him. I mean. Yeah, Frank. I mean, you guys put this whole show together about him, and and uh, there's a lot of love in this show, and I can tell what you guys had with him. So, I just thanks for being a part of it. Well, you know, there's one guy on here that uh, blamed Bobby for pulling a fire alarm, and I won't say who it was. It wasn't Jimmy Pivo. So. Let me say this, right? Let me let me just put this out. There. First of all, first of all. First of all, let's talk about good old Scooter. Uh, so in middle Scooter was, you know, he's a few years older, and he's one of the guys I looked up to. And when I think of, of Bobby Scooter, you know what I honestly think of what comes to my mind? He was the absolute, the absolute best bad influence the guy could have. Right, <laughs> 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 yeah, so sure. that's bad if like he was the guy who could teach you how to be mischievous while being intelligent. Like you don't have to be a, a, a fool in school to still be a fool out of school. Like I learned that from that guy. <laughs> so yeah, he was the best bad influence ever. <laughs> hey, yes. Uh, so we got you on here. Ursula Andy Laro is coming back against uh, Gary O'Sullivan tonight. Uh, what's your thoughts on that fight? Well, that that fight um, actually happened a few weeks ago, and he stopped O'Sullivan. And I would have predicted he was going to stop O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan is is a, a, a he's a nice character. Boxing needs good characters. All combat sports need good characters. He's the British dude who comes to the ring with a handlebar mustache. Who can actually yeah. mm-hmm. um, But he's very limited as a fighter. And whenever he stepped up to a different level, to that, not even elite level, but to that next level, he's knocked clean out by uh, David Lemieux, um, was eventually knocked out by Chris Eubank. So it was, it was pretty obvious that if Aaron's Rondé Laura had anything left in the tank, he would go ahead and dominate uh, Spike O'Sullivan, and he did. He did. So, uh, again, he's one of these guys, man, that was always dangerous. Um, I give Canelo credit for fighting him when he didn't have to because a lot of guys have avoided Arizona Law. And I think at this point in his career, he's like 36, 37, maybe a little older. Um, he's looking for that, that big payday, you know, that last bit of recognition. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, he fights next. It could be another – uh, Spike O'Sullivan level opponent, but it'll be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, with, with an older guy like Laura, big and open is, is, is what you want. I mean, Spike O'Sullivan, I mean, Laura, as I say, his skills are diminishing, so he's more in the pocket now. 
He's not using his feet as much. Uh, he, he still has pretty good reaction. He's doing a lot of catch and shooting now. Um, yeah. Mike yeah. O'Sullivan is a guy who he's he's not going to hold skill level to lower. And I don't care how fresh Spike O'Sullivan is. No form of Spike O'Sullivan would be this form of Arizona Lord. Big and open is not how you're going to beat Arizona Lord at all. So Arizona, like you said, because his legs are slowed down, he fights more in the pocket. He would beat mm-hmm. Spike O'Sullivan in the pocket, but the fact of the matter is, he didn't have to even fight Sullivan in the pocket because even in his diminished state, Gary O'Sullivan was never able to successfully and consistently close the distance by any stretch of the imagination. He got picked apart yeah. and beat up. The way you would expect it to go, Zita. That reminds me of a big question I want to ask you guys later, both both Ty and Zita. Go for it now. Okay, for right now. So when you get in your class, you got some students, and they came from traditional martial arts, and you're trying to teach them about the pocket, and they keep blocking shit that's five miles away from their head. Yeah. Like, how do you get? <laughs> you, you know what? You, you yeah. feel me, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's what happened. Happened. I totally see. Like, not only do you get it, you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are they like, blocking, okay. Are they blocking? With, are they blocking with their hands to like to the body? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, they block oh, everything. Okay. You know what I mean? They come from martial arts. They think they got an answer for everything. I'm gonna tell oh, you what. Yeah, if martial arts that. works as long as my, no one knows how to really fight. My my answer <laughs> is retire. You know what I did? Retire. I was training with one the guy. Foot? I used to train Aikido before I trained um, Muay Thai. And uh, uh-huh. you know, Zito and I kind of grew up with the boxing thing, right? But so I trained some Aikido, and so I was uh, training with a, a guy who was a, uh, I think a first don in Aikido, which is you know, like a first degree black belt. And we were doing some sparring, sure. and you know, all the traditional martial arts moves are so hard. There's really no fluidity, and you know what I did, and Zito, I know you no, love right. this. I fainted him. Yeah. That's all I did. I fainted him. And so when he would go real hard for the block, I'd punch him in his face. Yeah. I'd stain him to the left. He'd move real hard to the right, and I'd kick him to his leg and drop him. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the, the only thing, like, the only thing that you can do is start to faint them, to break them out of those habits first. The only thing you can teach them to even be effective in the pocket. Zito's much better at coaching the pocket than I am. Um, but before you can even teach them to be effective in the pocket, you've got to get them to to drop those habits that are not conducive to a real fight. That, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Well, well, well when they don't the, the, get it, I usually tell them to watch the Madonna video of Vogue. You know how she'd be voguing wow. up and Marlon Brando up in her face and just right there, her hands are tight. Madonna would be voguing tighter than these martial artists. Damn. Yeah. One one thing about the pocket is you have to be comfortable under fire. The second thing about yep. the pocket is you have to get there. Um, yep. If they can't close but distance, it, then it, it, it's going to be hard to really deal with the pocket. Once once you have to deal with the able pocket, to be, yeah, you got to be calm oh, enough to de- you got to suppress your fight or flight. You know what I mean? And that's where everyone's having the problem. 
Yeah, well, then, then they're having a problem. They're not having a problem uh, just dealing with fire. It's a simple matter of fact of fire. Well, because from traditional martial arts, because there's typically not live sparring like there is Muay Thai and boxing, they they never right got comfortable. It's point karate. It's point. It's Bob. Yeah, it's, they, they, they that, throw that, it hard that, and fast because they don't got to control it. They just need to get the point. Bob, they just got to get hey, close. Bob, the, the, the crew, my crew, and the and you know my crew and also it was uh, a, a, a Jim Zito trained at, but he's my crew. Zito wasn't training Muay Thai. He was doing a lot of the boxing. Um, but that guy, if he came in here with that traditional martial arts stuff, he would beat you up. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, I will make it out there. We'll retire out. out that way. So he would beat we'll you up and cut you out while he's beating you up. Like he wouldn't take you. Yeah. Zito, am I right? Like coach crew doesn't take it easy on you when you come in with that. No, 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 no. Especially when ladies come. Ladies around, you have to fight for your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If a woman's around, he's gonna go off. <laughs> he's gonna go off. Yeah, because now you got to deal with technique and ego. Yeah, and he's not, a, he's not a guy who, you know, sparring, sparring, but he's not a guy who's always going to pull back. But, Bob, also, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, right, so you're talking about mixed martial arts, you know, so really fighting in the pocket, the boxing thing, being able to, to punch and dip and dodge in the pocket. You know with, with Muay Thai, once we get to a certain range, we collapse that pocket with a clip. Knees, elbows, everything. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So extending the pocket, you know, goes from your, your your jab or cross length now to your teeth length. You know, you, you gain another foot, eight inches, you know, so it changes. I get that. But the pocket's the pocket. And as long as they don't change their kicks... They, oh. they won't they won't get taken down. You know what I mean? And so as long as you're throwing real kicks and not chambering your shit martial arty, you shouldn't get taken down in the pocket anyway. But everyone got to be running in the pocket because it's going to happen. Like these people, like I had to, yeah. I, you know, oh, I had yeah. to cut off uh, our space with, you know, eight boxing bags, you know, because it's a, a jiu-jitsu yep. ring. Because they'd be running over to the jiu-jitsu area. Yeah. Like how much yeah. room do you think you got to <laughs> yeah. fight? Yeah. It's an absolute contact thing. Come in with a one-two and run a quarter mile, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mental contact thing. Now anymore, I'm like, both you put your front foot on that tie bag and just beat the shit out of each other. There you go. I'm going to say it less vulgar, but what our coach used to say is, do you want to have sex or do you want to have foreplay? When you hit, you <laughs> <penetrate. laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he didn't say sex. Am I right, Zito? Benny already took us out of PG-13, so we're good. Benny always runs the, yeah. runs the gauntlet for yeah. us. So. When you hit, we hit, we hit, we hit, we hit, I mean, you want, especially when you're dealing in competition, you're going to hit the pocket. You're going to have to hit the pocket. Um, and technically, I, th- I mean, really technically, I think you just have to shrink yourself. You have to shrink yourself. Exactly. And tight exactly. And your right. Right. In the pocket. In, in all arts. Just, you don't now, when I say keep it tight, you have to, you know, really kind of keep your hands and your elbows, in, you know, in tight towards your body. 
shrinking yourself, you have to bend slightly at the knees and, you know, kind of keep your eyes up, chin down. But don't you okay, so follow because... me here. Follow, follow me down this trail. So boxing, like you take your 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 uh, your your karate uh, versus uh, taekwondo, and then they have to know a little aikido or kung fu. They got to get in that. You, you know what I mean? You can't uh-huh. be jumping out there all the time. I mean, there's uh-huh. close quarter combat. You know that uh-huh. you've got to deal with because you've got four corners on this ring. Yeah. Or, yep. I, that, that's always confused me. It's four corners on four corners on a ring and eight sides on an octagon. I don't know what's round anymore. But uh, um, other than the the, the the bruises on my legs and shit. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. So they got to realize that distance is a thing. And I want to throw another PSA out there to all of our listeners. When you come across one of us older guys and we're your coach and you come in at 19, 15, 17, 22, and you come hard, that's a fight. If you hit me hard in yeah. practice, I'm going to take yeah. your head off. Oh, okay? I don't show up here twice a week. I don't show up here twice a week to get fat lips and black eyes. I'm trying to teach you to be a better fighter. I'm 48 years old. I got more metal in me than most of your cars. So piss <laughs> off. <laughs> and you know what? You warn them. You, you give them a nice little warning. Listen, you, you, I, I'm not energy. I'm not telling you because we're in a fight, Jim. I'm not energy. Yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, work on technique when you're dealing with me because if you come trying to swing, take my head off, I like countering. I love countering. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, you know because I can't. Somebody I'll comes out. Tell me, because like I don't, I, I don't you know hit you called, hard because you, I can't. I, I hit you hard. But I don't hit you hard because I want you to learn. If you come at me hard, I'm, I'm bringing the thunder. You're gonna learn one way or another. Sometimes you have to discipline them, and then after you discipline them, you have to explain to them that when we go full force, you're not going to learn anything other than how to take a shot. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my gym. I got in trouble two weeks ago because I had to tool a kid up. Are you but serious? Whatever. Yeah. Did you seriously? Hey. Well, because he he, he took it, he took uh, he took flight on what he came in. He was forty minutes into class. He'd never taken one of my classes. He came in. Oh, he's yeah. young. He wanted to do his karate shit against one of his friends that he knew. I was cool with that. Yeah. Then he went over and beat up one of my brand new kids that just started. Oh, and again, I say kids. The, the guy's like thirty, and the kid that beat him up was like seventeen. But again, oh, if you're better, man. you should de-escalate, not escalate. You know he's what I mean? Kid in the and game, you know. just, he's a kid in the game. Yeah, he came over to be a bully, and I don't play that shit. Oh, so when man. he came under the ropes oh, after the next round, I'm like, "You got a partner?" He's like, "No." I go, "I'll do you." <laughs> he, he didn't say I'll work with you. He said I'll do you. <laughs> do you? I knew he was coming hard, and I gave him one. He whiffed the first one. I let him go two to the body, and I hit him so hard with the right, I had to take two steps to hit him with the left. Fuck that kid. I mean, you, you know what? And we called it. You got to give him that settle down. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't come into my class and beat up one of my new kids. You know what I mean? That that's where I, I draw the line. That's not cool. You can hit me as hard as you want. I'll talk you down. You don't beat up a new guy. Y'all not on the same level. You know what I mean? That that's but no. If you coming in like that, you should be trying to teach and school the kid. You know what one of you're a bully. You know and, and and if I'm correct, you're teaching Ty, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I need him a couple times when he went down. It's just rough. It's <laughs> oh, tired. Oh, oh, Thai guys don't. Thai <laughs> fighters never spar at 100%. Never. Oh, These guys never. fight every week. They take care of each other. That's when, when you're training together, you're supposed to take care of each other. Yeah, you're supposed to keep the make, it, make it the safest possible environment to have yeah. the worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shoot. Hey, speaking of knockouts, though, you guys got to watch the card tonight. The card tonight, almost every guy fight ended up in a knockout within the first round. Great card. Well, the main event is Josh Emmett and Calvin Qatar, so, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be beast. Yeah, I laughed. When I saw the pairing, I just started laughing. I was like, okay. Yeah. They cut the Cerrone uh, uh, um, Lujan. Uh, that got yeah, canceled, but, man, there's been a I heard he locked his knee right after the weigh-in. His knee locked yeah. it. didn't get better right right after the weigh-in. So, first time, Cerrone mm-hmm. got pulled. This time, it was Jay Lowe. Wow. At this way, right, he's becoming right. like Khabib and, and Tony Ferguson. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where they keep making it hidden that just doesn't happen for some reason. Wow. Good. All right. We got uh, Derek Kisura and Ula uh, coming up on the July. Uh, Z, you want to handle that one? Um, <laughs> they both had it. They both kind of finishing this uh-huh. time. Um, with that said, <laughs> it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. Um, just because they both had their bags packed in. We're just going to see who makes it out the gate first. It's <laughs> simple as that. Um, I think Tresora has always, to me, Tresora has always been sort of better because he had to work with less. Pulev's a bigger guy with longer range. Uh, I think Pulev has had, he's been able to get better fights than Tresora at certain moments. I just don't think, I, I don't, you know what? This is going to be sloppy. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be. It's might go decision, and we might not be satisfied. Just at this stage, five years ago, yes. But right now, I, I would lean towards Chisora just because of activity. I can see Pulev holding a lot, not getting to the mark. I can see Chisora swinging wild, not really being that effective. I just think activity-wise, Chisora would get tired, and they both would, and but the sword would be, just be a little more active. I just don't know. I, I, I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining fight at this stage. When I saw the fight with Sanj, um, and I saw it was, you know, being discussed, and then, you know, I'm pretty sure Sanj, but nonetheless, when I saw that that fight was being targeted, first of all, I said it makes sense for both guys. Because, like you said, at the point they're at in their careers. As far as activity levels, Derek Chisura's last fight was against Joseph Parker, a rematch in a fight he arguably won the first time against Joseph Parker. He clearly lost because he got floored three times. But when he was when he was on his feet, he was winning the fight. But nonetheless, he clearly lost that fight. But that was his last fight against Joseph Parker, a heavyweight contender. 
Poulet's last fight was on a thriller card against Frank Mir. Now, boy, he, he made Frank. He did Frank Mir ugly, but it was Frank Mir, a former MMA fighter who's known as a submission artist, never known for his stand-up. So, when it comes to the activity, Chisora's been fighting and gets all the opportunities in the world because of who his daddy is. Oh yeah, right. I have so Chisora, yeah, right. Yeah, that's been. It's one of those look. It's one of those things the MMA community knows, but no one talks about. Chisora <laughs> yeah. um, has been fighting at a higher level, but when you get guys, first of all, when guys are at this point in their career, they should be fighting each other. And when guys are fighting each other at this point of their career, a prediction is fool's gold because who knows who's going to show up in what capacity. Like Zito, form it would lean towards Chisora, but again, he was knocked down three or four times in the last fight. So who's to say what he has left? Zito, it could be anything from a quick knockout to a sloppy decision win. Either guy. Simple as that. Which makes the fight entertaining when you don't know what's going to happen. That's why we watch the fights, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. So, there it is. Okay. Hey, Bob, uh, you talked about choking out earlier. You uh, uh, had Evan Glansfield uh, choke out uh, J.J. Aldrich in the universe. Uh, you got anything on that? No, was that one of the girl fights? I, I barely heard you, Frank. Yeah, because all, all the fights tonight, all the guys have ended up in a knockout. So only the girls have done any kind of submission. So, yeah, one of the girls did that. choke somebody out. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Gravely's? Uh, you know, Gravely came out last week. He came out uh, really, um, I guess, more aggressive than I've ever seen. Um, and he came right, right out with a... Uh, no, that was last weekend. We had the week off. I don't watch fights unless you call me. (laughs) (laughs) That's dedication right there, sir. Yeah, right. you know, that lets I got you know he does do. research for the show. <laughs> there it is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If I get a week, if he calls me a couple of days out and says we're off, I'm already planning to share on the boat or the bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got shit to do. Tony, <laughs> what do you think of Joe, uh, Joe Joyce versus uh, Christian uh, Hammer coming up on the July 2nd? Uh, coming up? Yeah, July seventh. Yeah, yeah, July second. I again, I just, I just tuned in about an hour and a half ago before you called. I have no idea what's going on in the fight world. I've been, I've been biking and boating and trying to enjoy San Diego. I decided San Diego is kind of like pizza. I said this to Frank and Tony earlier. San Diego is like pizza. Even when it's shitty, it's still pretty good. You can't go wrong here. You know what I mean? That is true. You can't go wrong with pizza. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, even when you're stuck in traffic, there's there's palm trees. There's, like, very little mosquitoes. There's aloe vera growing outside your house when you get cut. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like giving little, little lizards. You know what I mean? I'd be going around to my neighbors and like eating that lizard. Be careful, you'll get Jurassic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because you don't want to get Jurassic. 
you know, dad, I'll be dad joking. Everybody, all my neighbors hate me. It's cool. We're moving soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Only Bob could start with a story about how beautiful San Diego is and end with all my neighbors hate me. It's cool. We're moving soon. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's legit, bro. Ooh. 
Well, I can tell you. I can tell you. Oh, go ahead, Tony. You go ahead, because I, I, Broner, I, I wouldn't say Broner was washed up, but I'm I'm not so sure on that. You go. Go ahead, Ty. There's no way Adrian Broner beats uh, Omar Figueroa. Now, there are two Figueroa brothers, Brandon Figueroa, who just lost a very close decision to the very talented Philadelphian Stevie Fulton. Stevie Fulton is looked at as a potential uh, upcoming opponent for uh, Interwag, who just destroyed any of them there. Stevie Fulton is that guy, seriously. He doesn't, you don't give him enough props on the show. He doesn't get enough props in the media because he's a smaller guy. Nonetheless, he has a victory over Brandon Figueroa is considered the better of the two Figueroa brothers. But that being said, Omar Figueroa has one loss, and that's when he moved up to 147 and, and really got destroyed, got picked apart and untracked by uh, former champion Cordina Spookish. Outside of that, at 147, he has a stoppage over, uh, actually a, a brutal knockout over a kind of a shot-worn um, Robert Guerrero. At 140, and I don't know if the fight can be fought at 147 or 140, but at 140, Omar Figueroa was undefeated and looked pretty guy who might challenge for a title because just like his brother, he has that kind of very relaxed, busy style in the ring. Adrian Broner's best weight has been 135, 140. He's never been effective at 147. With that being said, Adrian Broner doesn't have the size advantage over Figueroa that Ugas had. Ugas is a massive size welterweight. Again, Adrian Broner is also not a very busy fighter. He's a very economical puncher. Stylistically, if Adrian Broner had been active, that would still be a tough fight for him stylistically because Figueroa could take a punch and remain busy, and he's very comfortable and very lax in the pocket. So that would be a tough fight for Adrian Broner stylistically if he were active. Coming off a and he hasn't fought since when, the Pacquiao fight or right after that? So coming off a two-, three-year layoff, even though Figueroa himself hasn't been as active, you got to favor Figueroa in that fight. Interesting what Zito has to say, but I'd be surprised if it was significantly different than what I had to say. Um, you remember Marcos Madonna and Adrian Broner? There it is. Oh, yeah. This Figueroa isn't as... Well, he's not going to come in as arcane as Madonna did against Broner. Not as brutal. Um, not, and I, I say arcane just because Madonna kind of threw all technique out because he could. <laughs> because he could against Broner. Broner's going to get done with technique, with inside fighting technique. Broner, where, where Broner likes it, he likes a guy, well, not too close and not too strong as the Sean Porter fight shows you, but she likes the guy bringing it to him. Broner's not a guy, he's, he, he doesn't like a guy out there, you know, sticking, moving on him like that. He's not a guy who's going to box with you in a traditional outside sense of boxing. Broner likes the counter. He likes a guy coming at him, so he could pick and choose the shot. Problem with Figueroa, well, the problem with Madonna at first was he just was too big. He was a a full welterweight at that time, and he was just too much. He was just too inside. He didn't care if their chests were touching. He still was going to hit. Too much physicality inside. 
exactly. And menta- the mentality of the physicality. Yep. He wanted yep. to, he wanted to, to not let Broner go anywhere. And he wanted to just yeah, brutalize him Broner. Yep. Broner didn't have the outside technique to keep Madonna where he needed to. Floyd Mayweather, older Floyd Mayweather didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he didn't at, at, to an extent. Um, Figueroa is a guy who likes it just right there with Madonna, like Madonna, but he's going to care a bit more about defense. He's, he's straight inside. Don't get Figueroa. He's yeah, not he a rolls with punches so nicely. He rolls with he, punches he, very nicely. Well, he's a very, very, very good inside fighter. Very good inside. As Guerrero, I mean, even though Guerrero was older, Guerrero himself was a good inside fighter. And Figueroa, I mean, the older Guerrero, he chopped, even before he stopped Guerrero, he was chopping him apart on the inside. Broner, I, if Broner and Guerrero matched up, I wouldn't, I mean, at time, time for time-wise, I wouldn't have picked Broner. He's also long, too. You know what I mean? He's, he's also long. Um, he's and long, and that's he doesn't necessarily possess the physicality of a Madonna, but he, he brings that kind of activity behind more craft. Exactly. And what I see, what I see is Broner might catch him every now and again, but Figueroa is constantly Figueroa is going to be comfortable. He's not going to hype, you know, he's not going to run Figueroa's energy any more than Figueroa wants his energy to be run. So, I mean, Broner doesn't what? attack Historically, So that's the reason not, why Brandon be bad it, it, The reason why the, the, the boxing pundits were higher on Brandon Figueroa as opposed to Omar had nothing to do with their skill and talent. It had to do with their commitment and discipline. Omar Figueroa had missed weight a few times. That's that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why. He didn't seem as dedicated to the game as his brother. No one ever questioned his talent or skill level. There were really no question marks about him when he showed up in shape to fight until he got you know, kind of whitewashed by, by Ordonis Ugas. But he and he moved up clearly, for that, too. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have been. He, he never, and he looked small compared to Ugas. And he, he had no business in seven, But he was a guy who wasn't showing the discipline of making 140 consistent enough. But the problem with Adrian Broner is Adrian Broner probably shouldn't have been fighting at 147. So whatever weight this fight is at, it, it really kind of doesn't matter because these guys match up we're, we're from a talking size about weight standpoint. Oh, see, what about Broner's? The weight cut's really making me mad lately because both UFC and boxing are not taking it as serious as they should, and that and that's Agreed. one thing as far being a part of an athlete, you you got a mark, you hit that mark, you you do what it takes to be a champion. Yeah, that you, nothing else. You focus on that. I mean, the weight cuts, how many times I've passed out in a sauna or passed out in a hot tub and cut my head, falling, you know, you can't fight now because you passed out. You know, your team needs to be there. These people need to take this stuff serious. Otherwise, hey, Bob, it's not a sport anymore. When, when during fight week did you start going into your, uh, your, your heavy cut? Heavy cut is is uh, the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, you don't do anything hard. 
because you've okay. already done everything hard to that point, and I can't afford you to do, do uh, to get mm-hmm. any cuts. So the last week on any fighter, only by drinking water, and listen, fight fans, if you want to drop eight pounds in a week, you drink two gallons on Sunday, two gallons on Monday, one gallon on Tuesday, half gallon on, on Wednesday, quarter gallon on Thursday, no water on Friday. You will drop eight pounds for weight cut on Friday night. And you can fight on, on Saturday night eight pounds heavier. And that it, it's horrible and it sucks and people have a hard time drinking water. But water is life. And and these fighters don't realize that enough. I mean, so I've you, had white fighters not, not coming for a fight. Are you, how, how like are you not eating anything at all during this week? Like what's going on? With no, that? you're still you're still eating. You're still eating. I'll do that with just water. But I'm talking like you're down to egg sandwiches or uh, or eggs and meat. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, you're down to uh, yeah. You're you're down to thin stuff, just protein. You know, getting yep. you through that last mm-hmm. week. Last week is weight think cut most week. People know They're, what fighters go through with weight cuts. That's why I want yeah, to. Yeah, oh, see that the, the the best analogy I've ever seen is was on Facebook, and I hate Mark Zuckerberg, so let's just put that out there. Okay, he's another whatever. So, but the thing is, with the fighter on the wind is the tip of the iceberg. You don't see everything below the water, the weight cuts, the pain, the running, yep. the, the, you know, you're, you're going through Christmas or Thanksgiving. If you're fighting January, you don't get to have Thanksgiving supper. You don't get to eat with your family. People don't realize that these kids that go through this are six to they eight don't. weeks out where they are focused. They, they they won't do anything, and then you got little Grandma Susu coming over. Hey, have some apple pie on Thanksgiving. I would love to, Grandma, but I can't. You don't get it. Like I I, I got to cut weight. I'm eating eggs, uh, deviled eggs, or whatever. You know what I mean? Raw eggs. You, you are cutting, and people don't realize how much goes into these fights. The way I used to look at it is, I would get paid to fight, but that was only covering. What I did the last eight weeks. There it is. Bob, Bob real test. quick. Uh, Bob, real quick. Matt, you told us how to uh, cut the weight. How do you put it on that fast? Let everybody know. How do you put it on that fast before the fight? Uh, uh, that's really tough. All those thin guys that come to me, you got to overeat. <laughs> so, look, uh, they keep changing it as a personal trainer. It's like 6,800 pounds or 5,600 uh, 5, calories. So uh, if you do your 2,000 calories a week, so that's 10,000 calories in a five-day week. Uh, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, 14,000 calories on a seven-day week. So you have to deficit yourself 56 to 6,800 calories that one week to drop one pound. Now, water and that's the good thing about water. Water weighs in with you. So when my guys come in too light for a fight, I have put ketchup bottles in their pocket, my wallet, because I have a George Costanza wallet, and then and also like <laughs> carry like a little uh, a little twelve ounce fucking uh, thing of water with them, because twelve ounces a pound or sixteen ounces a pound. So when you got water, you can you can use that with you. Because water weighs exactly what it weighs. And that's the golden mm-hmm. part about water. Now, anybody getting ready for a wedding, anybody getting whatever for us, just to hit up Frank, get my phone number, I'll tell you how to drop eight pounds in a week. Only by drinking water. You don't have to change anything. But you will gain it back the next day. It's not, it's not gone forever. 
This is water in your system. Your system's made up of 70% water. Uh, 70% of that is in your fascia. Uh, we can keep going all this on the personal trainer stuff. Okay, but we don't need to do that. So the water cut, you can drop eight pounds because a gallon of water is eight pounds. If you don't have weights in your house, empty out a milk jug, fill up a gallon of water. That's an eight-pound weight you have a handle on. You can do anything we do. I can show you how to do that. You know what I mean? But that's all you need. You just wrap it out. Because, again, you don't need to be bulky to fight. The more mass, the less. uh, uh, It's harder to push that mass in that thing. In a fight, you want to be relaxed. You want to be thin. You want to be comfortable. But when these people cut weight or they try to gain weight, and that's the thing with these guys that are trying to gain weight and go up a weight class, they're coming in so strong, so strong. So by putting it on, overeat. you got to get – uh, I'm, I'm quoting uh, Cartman from uh, 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 South Park. South you got to get Badger Belt 2000. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you better go get some Badger Belt 2000, man. You better over-calorie your shit, but make it good calories. You know, lots of carbs and, and lots of good carbs, not potato chips, rice and rice and broccoli right. and, and spaghetti. And, you know what I mean? You want heavy, heavy carbs. Freaking awesome. Awesome information, bro. You have to do that in a short but amount of time. Come up yeah, well, if you come in on fight night and you're underweight, your coach can slip shit in your pockets. Just just weigh in with all your clothes on. We'll get you there. Yeah. Coach, coach will make it happen. If you still want to fight, if you still want to fight and you're two pounds underweight, I will slip two pounds of shit in your pockets. Just go with your clothes on. You know the guys that are cutting weight, they all get naked up on stage. Those are the guys that have, that have had the worst eight weeks of your life. People that have never fought or wrestled don't even understand what that eight weeks to get there consisted of. It is horrible. It is, I'd rather go to hell. And why, and why is that the case? Because how, how, how are guys walking around? What are the natural weights compared to their fighting weights? Natural weights, so if I if I got you walking around at 212, I can get you to 185 in six to eight weeks. I knew it. You know what I mean? I yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get 15 to 20 pounds off you in about six weeks, but but it's coming back. I can't. I'm not keeping it there. It's not a it's not a new lifestyle for you unless you continue to do what I'm gonna put you through. And most people don't want to do that. Okay, Man, this is gonna be the worst. Oh, sorry, hey guys. We got the. Uh, I'll forget the time. We have a caller on. Uh, who is a, uh, a boxing uh, new boxer here in uh, Florida? Uh, a winner of the Golden Gloves Award. Uh, Tyler, tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Tyler Yavilar. I'm the 203 Florida representative for the Golden Glove Nationals in August. Okay, good. What region are you uh, boxing at? Way to go, Tyler. Say that again. What what Way to go. Are you like, what, what's your question? Oh, my, my coach was just telling me to call because he says he I think he works yeah. with someone named Yeah, I I got what the, what region what, what uh local region are you boxing in? Say that again. 
what, what division uh, are you boxing? Region? What 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 area are you boxing in? What area? Yes. State in, state um, in your Sarasota. Sarasota Bradenton. Okay. Two or three Golden Gloves. Tell us tell us more about your uh, your fights and uh, uh, how many have you had? What's your, what's your uh, record? Um, and uh, let's go from there. Um, I have 25 amateur fights. I'm 15 and 10. I've won the Sugar Bird twice. I've won the Sugar And I've won, obviously, I won the uh, Florida Gold. I'm also going to be going to the Nationals next month in Kansas. So I'm really busy here. Mm-hmm. Now, where are you training? What, what, what weight uh, do you box at? I box at 203. Okay, 203. Heavyweight. Man, what, 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 what do you walk at? What do I walk around at? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I walk around probably like 220. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Good job. Um, but lately, lately I've been keeping it down. Like, like I just checked the scale like a couple minutes ago. I was like two hundred five, two hundred six. So I I try to keep it down nowadays. But if I'm like take like a week and a half off, two weeks off from the gym, I'll, I'll easy go easily go up to two twenty. Easy. Yeah. But I try not to do that. Twenty two. You said uh, Chip is uh, is your coach. Where are you guys boxing at? Sarasota Boxing Club. Was that the one on uh, Hey, I want to I want to throw in a plug here. I want to let I want to let all our fans know that the guy, the reason this guy keeps it down, quote unquote, is because weight cuts suck. All right, flat mm-hmm. out. And there's nothing. There's if you have never competed in wrestling or fighting, this is the this this is the one sport that separates everything. So that's why he. I'm cool mm-hmm. with you walking around at 220 and then dropping to 203. Mm-hmm. I just know yeah, that that's – I don't know boxing weight, you know what I mean? And I'm more of an MMA guy, so we got more different weights. But but mm-hmm. I'm okay with that weight cut. I just know it sucks. But the next day, you're healthy. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. Well, that's a good cut. Now, but... Brainer better be it probably knocks him out. Ooh. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. Which is ready? Y'all everybody else? Hey, you yeah. guys here eating crow? Yeah, you know I'm on we the same page. You know what? Maybe maybe it's something about us guys named Ty, but I'm on the same page as brother Sweet Fist Tyler because I think you know maybe some rocky moments, but Brother Beev is going to eventually beat him up. 
Yeah, I, well, I see him getting oh. out of there. Better, better be if he's, is really the king of 175. I don't see anyone really beating him, not right now. I have one person yeah. that's going to beat him at 175. <laughs> Who, Bivol? Would that, would that be Mr. Yeah. Dimitri Bivol? Yeah. It would yeah. be Mr. Yeah. Dimitri Bivol. Um, yeah. Maybe. Tony, that's that's Tony, the best Tony, competition. That is. That's absolutely For sure. Um, if Tony, maybe yeah. like... If like if like Andre Ward was still around, I mean I, I feel like he would beat him. But right now, no one. I don't think anybody can see him. Yeah. Tyler, first of all, I want to say congratulations on your success uh, in this sport so far, and I wish you continued success. With that being said, uh, with fighters, and, and, and you know, it's, we've all everybody on the shows, you know, has been spent ample time in the gym, right? And so yeah. you develop your own style. But with that being said, with fighters, do you pattern yourself after? I'm sure you take a little bit from everybody, but who do you pattern yourself after based on your skill set? It's it's really hard to say. It's really hard to say, but I have like, especially at my my weight, people aren't moving like me, so okay. I. You know, I like I like to use my footwork. I have a, a a great jab, great defense. I mean, the thing is, I might not be the I might not be the, the strongest guy at heavyweight, maybe, but like skill wise, speed wise, footwork wise, defensive wise, like the, okay. the heavyweight, they're not they're not doing it like me from what I've seen. Oh, Tyler, I just want to know what everything you just said right now is getting me hot and wet, all right? Because that's my (laughs) style, all right? (laughs) Tyler, Tyler, one thing thing about your style and everything, you're fighting guys that are bigger than you all the time, right? You're fighting guys that are heavier and bigger than you. Do you see their punches coming easier? Yeah, for sure. And they're, now, heavy, they're, like, they're heavier, but you can see them better. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. I always fought the heavyweights. Fight the lightweights because they just hit you a lot of times. It don't hurt. It's just irritating, right? But the big guys, Man. they hit you hard. So you stand right they're at 203, just stay slick and move. You just keep that footwork moving, baby. Yeah, it sounded good. It's like if you, if you spar like a middleweight or a super middleweight, that sparring is a lot harder than sparring with the heavyweights because – the speed. Oh, I get you. Speed. Speed and the whole pacing of the the whole fight is slower. Yeah. That's the pace is way different. Once they get you, it hurts. So just keep sticking and moving. You keep using. Keep using that level change on the big guys because the big guys, everyone uh, 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 doesn't give any credit to the liver shot or the kidney shot. Now the thing is, there's about five spots on your head. Okay, uh, right on your chin, uh, your your temple, your jawline, the base of your neck, or right below your ear, and then the bottom of your neck. Okay, but there's three that no one or yeah, that gives credit to the liver and those kidneys. So you keep level changing yeah. on these big guys, yeah. and it doesn't matter how big they are. That is a KO. Well, the sternum mm-hmm. shot right in the middle. That's fun. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. That's like that's I tell people that's like eighth grade science. You go after that xiphoid process. We all learned that in eighth grade. We forgot the name of it. You just fucking knock that thing right off. You know, <laughs> that little dangly I mean, thing between the ribs, break it. Yeah, right there in the sternum. You can't breathe. You can't fight. 
Exactly. No, man. You get hit there, the first thing you do is go, that's the first thing that <laughs> Well, you try to. You better you be breathing out when you punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yep. Well, now, with bigger guys, when you, and one thing I noticed, um, think. You faint a bigger guy, and their, their, their reactions are more, you see them more deliberate. More committed. More more committed, and being as though their hands are, aren't as fast as those quicker guys, that's the advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, after 185, there's a thing called inertia. Us, us fat guys can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Momentum. Hey, Tyler, let me ask you a question. With your continued success uh, in the Golden Gloves, uh, has the thought of, of turning pro uh, been something you've been considering? Yeah, that's really the ultimate goal. My guy. That's the ultimate now goal. Now, you're going to so. go out heavyweight, or would you go out a lighter weight? Oh, no. Yeah, I, 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 he already, never he already hates the weight cut to 203. You asked him if he'd go further? <laughs> yeah, I could. Um, I, would, I would definitely find that cruiserweight. That's only three more pounds. Yeah, cruiserweight's only 200, so you can make yeah, that. Three more pounds. You, you guys boxing things confuse me. Yeah, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a big I, I can literally girl, take so a I shit and dig a different body class. I'd eventually try to get down to 175 if possible. I don't know if I can do it, but I mean, we'll find out. Yeah, well, you did just say, I don't know how Joe Smith does it. <laughs> yeah. Great. I don't know I mean, how you do guy. it from 220. Goodness. Yeah. You know what? 220 I had my first, like, 15 amateur fights at 178, but the weight cut was just too much. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, it hurts you. Yeah, that's that, that, that's a lot. Yeah, that, that, don't that's don't your healthy. Don't your healthy. Yeah, I tell all my fighters and stuff. I mean, a ten pound thing is one thing, but don't be going more than ten pounds. But any more, like they used to rehydrate. Like literally, my last pro mm-hmm. fight uh, before I retired the second time. Right when I weighed in, they're like, "Hey, do you want do you want a, uh, a banana bag?" I'm like, "What the shit?" Like people were still cutting 15, 20 pounds for a fight. You're so unhealthy. You're so sick. Don't do it. Like, stay within a 10 to 15 pound range. You know what I mean? Uh, otherwise, just fight where you're healthy. Otherwise, it's not your thing. I mean, if you didn't beat that way, if you have to cut 25 pounds to get yeah, to get something off, that's that's not you. That's not you. Nah, it's too much. And you know what, Tyler? What it sounds like too, it sounds like your skill set doesn't rely on a size advantage. That's what I like to hear. Nah, that's that what you, I love. You develop, yeah, you develop the finer, more subtle points of, of boxing, the sweet science. And what I always tell people, is, you know, we talk about mixed martial arts, we talk about martial arts. What people don't realize is boxing is the best martial arts in the world as far as fighting with your hands. Just period. Just fighting with your hands. Yeah. And once yeah, you develop like no large slug there will have that box. Yeah. Let me so, tell you something. So I'm going to have to to hear Colin. Sally, don't you really develop it all around? I'm going to give credit to you other martial arts guys. It is real special to pick in using knees and elbows. That is not conducive to what humans do. Boxing oh, no, is probably... 
I'm Trey Boxing and I'm Trey Boy Thai. You know, I, fighting, I like fighting Boy Thai much better because to me it's more fighting. And I feel I actually feel safer with Boy Thai. But as a boxer, when you could develop the skills that Tyler has, then it negates negates a lot of the physical things that that the physicality thing. Not only that, Tyler, I'm sure you're developing your time, which negates speed. You know what I mean? All that. Stuff. So, uh, so you train, you train. Is, so, Butch, Tyler, you're training in Dan Birmingham's gym. Am I correct? Uh, no, no, but I'm actually going to be up there Tuesday for some sparring. But I, I used to train oh, there oh. Uh, for about a year or two. Now, Tyler, can you so tell us about some of your great sparring, sir? Now, Tyler, you, you've yeah. had, what, 25 amateur fights. Can you tell us about, yeah. like, the judging and what, what uh, they're looking for in amateur fights? Uh, one thing, one thing. Say, say that again, my bad. Yeah, um, can you tell us what the, like, the judging and what, uh, what do you have to do to win amateur fights, specifically amateur fights? And, and is it different from court? I mean, I know you have to do you think it's different? I think I think you're covering the mic on your phone. I think. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, can you just uh tell us about how they uh what do you have to do to win amateur fights as far as the judging and what they're looking for? Yeah. Um. I mean, especially in Florida, it's it's really it's more like Latino based. I want to say so. It's more. They they just want to see you come forward and throw a lot of punches. You can That's say really Mexican on this on this website. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't they don't have really a whole they don't really have a whole lot of respect for people that go out there and try to box and try to be pretty on the back foot and establish like a real good jab because the losses I've had I mean I feel like a majority of them were BS so. If you're coming in the amateur, so are, are you a point? Are you a point fighter or are you a knockout artist? Definitely a point. Okay. Okay. You know how to get the power in? I mean, I'll keep. I'm gonna keep you honest. That's what's all. There honesty. it is. There, I love okay. hearing that. I there there it honest. is. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's called. I'm gonna keep you called, like called discipline. Don't run up on me. Not to discipline yeah. your opponents. Keep them when off. When you miss, you just gotta give it that a little bit more. So when you miss, you gotta pay, and then you're gonna. There not, you go. Not there you go. I love that. I love that. Can't can't just throw that jab and then put it back at your nipple. You can't do that. Right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell everyone that I love you. I'm like, what do you got? Sensitive nipples? Why are you guarding that shit? Put your hands up by your face. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing right now? Your nipples? Ain't no one trying to punch you in the nipples. Nobody got punched punch you in the nipples. Why are you going there? Every time. Did you just run a 10K and your nipples sensitive? Like they're bleeding? Like, get your hands up. <laughs> hey, guys, we're... The end of our time here. Uh, like I had to extend it twice, but uh, Tyler, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I, I have your number now. Uh, I'll give you a call. That was fun. We can we'll get you back on. Yeah, Tyler. Man, yeah, give me give me a call right? whenever. If I got time, I'll answer. You know. Appreciate it. Tell, 
when you're uh, when you're up. All right, guys. Are you thank be, you. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Are you, are you going to be uh, sparring with uh, Mikel Keel up there at Dan's? Say that again. Or are you going to be sparring with Mikel Keel or at, at Birmingham? Uh, my I don't think my Kel boxes anymore. Really? I don't think my Kel boxes anymore. But I, I spar with him plenty of times. Um, I'm going up there to spar with uh, I'm going up there to spar with uh, Ricardo Graham. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but yeah, well, tell uh, do me a favor, tell Dan Burns to hello, and that uh, I'll be up uh, next week to see him. What's your name? Frank Carroll. Okay, I'm I'm gonna let him know uh, if he's there Tuesday. Okay, take care of yourself. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. All right. It was a fantastic show. Thank you for everybody for all your uh, time and, and uh, preparation for this show. This was a uh, this was a great show. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Bob, you want to leave us out? Yeah, dude. It was it was Frank. It was so fun. That, uh, I think I'm on two years. That was my first call that I got to take. That was fun. Uh, Hi, Zito. Always such a pleasure. I love you guys. I can't wait to get to the East Coast and, and, and uh, uh, train with you or hug it up, whatever. Just have a good time, maybe a beer. Um, I want to give congrats and, and uh, huge respect to Bob. Uh, being his, you know, I, I never got to meet your son, uh, but everything that I am about and everything that we're doing with here sounds like it, 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 it's what he wanted. So I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Love our fans. Uh, uh, have a great week. God bless and be safe. Train hard. Thank you. Thank you. Tony? Great dedicated show for Bobby. I'm sure he'd be very proud of this. He's, uh, he's definitely missed, and I'm sure he's in a good place right now and appreciative of uh, of you keeping the legacy going. I'd like to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially everybody on the show. And to all my ex-wives and all my ex-girlfriends, ex-girlfriends, <laughs> you all had daddy issues anyway. No. Oh, 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 me. so left. He went so left. Well, last but not least, last but not least, Mr. Peter G. Doherty, Northport, Florida. I got a special place on my body you can kiss for Father's Day. Other than that, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> Wow. Oh. I hope wow. you guys do have a good one, though, for real. Great Father's Day. Oh, Love you guys, man. <laughs> Love you, too. Killing me. Hi. Yeah, well, if you knew him, you'd understand, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Wow. <laughs> I do. <laughs> v, you want to go? Sure enough. Oh, man, this has been more fun than I've had on a Saturday in a long time. Um, I just want to thank all you guys. I mean, that's it. I just really want to thank you guys. Um, You know, these shows are definitely a memory of Bob, definitely a memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Sick. And I just want everybody be safe, have a happy Father's Day, and please take care. Okay. Good. Okay. First of all, have a Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Continue to do your duty. It's our job. Um, second of all, I just I just 
want to say it's an honor um, for all of us to be here and to continue to help furnish this house that the great Bob Stewart has in. Such an honor to be a teacher. Bob is your co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Cook is laughing. Such a pleasure. So honored to be able to join you guys. Everyone have a wonderful day. So I want to say again, uh, thanks for everybody for everything you do each and every week uh, to make these these programs fun and be on time and, and get these things done. And, um, this was a first time I think we've uh, had different times, but uh, I really enjoyed tonight. And it was uh, more like sitting around at the coffee table, just talking, having coffee or beer or whatever, and, and enjoying each other's company. And we wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> race, 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 race. Yep. Big dog. Sorry. Uh, the, the problem. I'm sure the big dog is now uh, uh, somewhere between the outhouse and the in-house to get his uh, refrigerator and his beer close together. But uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a wild one, but uh, I'm glad he was on, too. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you each and every night, and we can greatly appreciate you. The men and women in the United States are men and women who fire services, the doctors and nurses who do combat um, the COVID, the, the wonderful people that clean up after them, and the people at the markets who keep us shelf stock. Uh, these programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives and learned to do Robert Deputy Robert Anthony, David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Patrol Deputy Jeffrey, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Rick Kilda, San Diego Officer Mike Wilson, Darren Tip, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Charlie Condit, Deputy Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Chief Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Chris Levesque, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Nanako Crispin, uh, Lakeland PD. Uh, Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Highway, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters are there. You may be 10-7 at this point in time. And sometime will be 10-10 at the table. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again. May the good Lord meet you. <coughs> You and your families always in the hallow of a thing. Tonight, God bless and have a great week. And again, happy Father's Day to all. Oh.
fiery blade engaged to lead, he'd break the brave lost in the Thank you. 